Welcome to episode 186 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 186 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Arles. How you going, mate? I'm very good, and you? You've got some pretty sexy shoes on there, mate. It's fashion, Bevan, it's, it's fashion. Well, I don't know if it's fashion, it's function. I've got my fives. If, is that what they're called, is it? Vibram Five Fingers. Vibram Five Fingers. So I'm, I'm trying out the uh, barefoot running stuff. I mean, I've been doing barefoot running for years, but I'm um, going to... Do you know why they don't look out. so cool? Why? Because shoes squash your toes in. Yeah. So your feet don't look so wide. Yeah. But you look like a bit of a hobbit right now, John. Yeah, they do spread your toes out, and that's one thing you got to get used to. I'll talk, talk to them a little bit more later on. Okay, well. Because they're so awesome. <laughs> you are so fashion right now. Yeah. Our talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com Get on there for the free shipping. Trybuys.com Spin the crank. Someone with Chance Barber Bar- Bar- was saying cool hand. Oh, no, no, he, uh, no, he got the prize from Kona. Oh, from from oh, well, kind of prize. Spin the crank, you know, you get a prize yeah. on there. Lots of people seem to be. And athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes for all your tracking results and social needs. And this week's show, we've got it's an exciting show, John. We've got news, we've got age group of the week, we've got website of the week. We, we roll with that every week. But, yeah. John, what's happening this week that's pretty exciting? It's John's History Lesson Part oh, One. John's History Lesson Part One. So, we've been, I've been promising this feature. So, what we're going to be trying to do in the History Lesson is, is go through history of triathlon. Not necessarily the Ironman stuff, a history of triathlon. Also, perhaps profiling some athletes that have maybe not won Kona that a lot of you guys may not have necessarily heard of. Won lots of other races, always been maybe top five in Kona, but haven't managed to get that that big one. John's so, uh, history lesson. Yes, you're a school teacher, Mr. Newsom. That's right. Well, I'm getting. I'm actually putting on a camp uh, next week. We're sort of doing like a elite development camp um, in Christchurch for the South Island athletes. I'm going to get Molina along, and he's going to give them a history lesson. And oh, Molina's good at that stuff, eh? Yeah. Yeah. He's good because he's got the stories, eh? Oh, yeah. Because he was there. Yeah. And actually, I was on some website the other day. Maybe it was Athlinks, and someone had a photo of Molina when he was like, I don't know, like 19 or something, mm. and uh, just loving the big glasses. Yeah. <laughs> just love it. Although I'm not going to say that about Molina right now because he's looking pretty huge, so I'm just going to leave it alone. News is brought to you by x Go on there, check out the latest interviews, news, and everything about our sport for every week. Do Cosmel first. You want to do Cosmel first? Okay, so this weekend, Jombo, we had Iron Man Cosmel first year running. First year and running. It was a pretty interesting race. So, yeah, it was a new, new venue, and I've had a uh, report back from one of my athletes who was racing over there. Did my peas. Did your peas, nice. Uh, said it was a really nice race. You know, um, the swim, he said, it was beautiful, clear. It was calm on the day, apparently, and some of the days leading into the race, the wind really got up and there was a lot of chop, and they actually, I think, had to cancel any um, swimming in there on the, the day before the race, or the, or the Friday, I think it was. So apparently the swim was beautiful. The bike um, was a three-lapper. Apparently there was a section there for sort of 10 to 11 miles. Three-lapper, that's a little bit dangerous, isn't it? Uh, it, it I suppose the early work. days with this race, so you don't have a big field. No, but no, they don't... had a big field. They sold out. Um, so it was a seller but he said very very can be very very windy in parts of the course um, and so it's obviously pretty flat. a bit of a circle yeah, yeah. But, but lovely lovely ride they said said on the bike fantastic support from all the locals they said locals were everywhere really so they said, they that said was this great. on this report yeah and then uh 
onto the apparently no shade on the on the bike so it sounds like you know it's not not Kona conditions but similarish to Kona hot windy and exposed and then the run was uh, I can't remember what he said about the run but he said again on the run really well supported by I the way he said that you said I can't remember what he said but he said yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, but overall he said good good race um, for first year sure there's a few teething issues oh, few, which is always going to be the case you know a few things with um, special needs but other than that he said it was great race good number of officials and, and well run we're going to start with the girl side of things yes because Van Vlerken dominated the dojo Van Vlerken had a very solid race well, what was really interesting is on the bike from 120k through to the 180k mark she put 9 minutes on them it's a, it's a big Big push, isn't it? Yeah, sixty k. Sixty k to drop nine minutes on them because they're all kind of riding together up to that point. And then you put the hammer down, turn around, and no one was to be seen. Be interesting to see if that was a tactic because I guess um, in a lot of races she's not at the front that early, um, and she's probably you know she's got to treat it more as a time trial. Yep. Whereas in this I think race, she's about four minutes down after the swim. Hmm. Yeah, but in this race, yeah, she would have ridden up the front and gone right, sweet, I'm here, and then maybe just bided her time and then just said right, game on. Yeah. Game on. Game on tampon, we haven't seen that one in a while. And and she also, um, in the run, she pretty much had it until she slowed down apparently towards yeah. the end. But it really shows her difference, doesn't it? Like she ended up winning by about, what, 26 minutes? No, no. about 16 minutes. Yeah. And uh, oh, she showed her dominance, didn't she? Well, she did. She showed she's uh, you know one of the best athletes in the world. And if you look at Bella's result there, not too bad, 9.22. Yep. But uh, you know that's probably a similar gap, I would guess, to what was in Kona last year. You know, I really think Yvonne is... Um, is yeah, you know, of the next contenders, you know, you've got Chrissy who's way She's in front, top, yeah. but then you've got, you know, say Von Van Vlerken, you've got Rebecca Keat, and you've got, you know, maybe two or three others who are at that le- next level that previously would have probably won Kona, but Chrissy's just killing them all. It, it is a bugger about Yvonne in Kona this year, wasn't it? Because she kind of yeah. put herself in a good position to see how she could have gone, so... Yeah. But, uh, but it's racing. Yep, so Bella was, she, so uh, Yvonne splits 51 minutes swim, 5.03 on the bike, very impressive, and a 3.08 run for a 9.06.58. And then Bella was actually in fourth place off the bike and ran herself down, mm-hmm. and it looked for a while, it looked like she wasn't going to get there, but she did really well to run herself so down. So Bella had 50 minutes swim, 5.13, and a 3.14 for a 9.22. Third was Edith Niederfringer, those two seem to race each other all the bloody time. Yeah, 9.30, Bree Wee in 9.45, and Annette Commence in 9.59. And Yvonne actually got uh, 10th overall. Very impressive. Mm, nice. uh, her, her, ti- her time, you know, 9.08 versus um, Beaky, who won the men's, was a uh, 18. Uh, 18. So you've got that sort of 50-minute gap, which is about what you normally expect yep. in a nine-man race, sort of that... 50 to 55 minutes is about right. So what that indicates to me is there was a few really good guys there, but it seemed to drop off really quickly in terms of the depth of the men's field. Well, um, most of the guys who went hard on the bike ended up blowing except for Beaky. <laughs> <laughs> so Bayless, uh, Galindez and Ben Cotto kind of rode pretty hard, but you don't see them anywhere in the Faded. top five. <laughs> so what, what, one thing we noticed about the swim, uh, I think the, the, the fastest swimmers were like 42 minutes or something along those lines. 42? So it's short. It's, you know, I don't know if it's short. I think it may have, may have been accurate. But there was currents over there apparently, so um, you're sure you're saying. Nice, that'd be cool to come out of the water in 42. It would be nice. Yeah. So, and you look at Yvonne Van Vlerken's split there of what was it, 51 minutes, yep. non wetsuit swim. You normally expect Oh, was it non wetsuit, was it? Yeah, you'd expect oh, her. Can, so, definitely. it's a good 5 to 10 minutes slow, uh, uh, fast, fast, I would have thought. Um, but apparently, on the bike course, the bike was two to three, couple of miles long, apparently. So, you, you know, you maybe you got that back on the bike. Yep. Rudd Kabiki, as kind of expected, dominated the dojo, 46-minute swim, and again, he's normally a weak swimmer. Um, 
Keller kick a bike, 4.34, and then a nice steady, well, fast, 2.53 run for an 8.18. Yeah, nice. Pretty, pretty dominating. Good to see him back after an injury sort of plagued season. Yeah, and Victor Semenze. Victor Semenze, 8.29, and Sebastian Pedraza, who, who rode um, shoulder to shoulder with uh, Rudd Kabiki. He I haven't heard that name before, but he came off in 8.33, so big bit of a fade on the run around in 3.08, but still pretty solid. He had a few blow-ups there, some of the favourites, um, who you would expect to be a bit close to the front. Stephen Bayliss, I'm not actually sure where he finished. Um, Oscar Galindez was way down. And, uh, yeah, so, so there's a couple of the big names that didn't really fire on the day. And that was Biggie's second Ironman win of all time mm. in Arizona. And for Von Van Vlerken, it's her first WTC-branded win. I mean, obviously she's won uh, one challenge rote. Yeah, so it's her first, and the first oh, really? Ironman win. And that's... It's a little funny when they put that. It's the first Ironman win. It's like, well, yeah, she's run, she's won, um, you know, one road and she's won a couple of other, you know, long distance races. But I guess technically, it's her first Ironman. Where's the actual results on this page? If you go to, if you want to go to Slow Twitch, and they've got okay, a good report. So, okay. also on it last week was Ultraman on uh, the Big Island. So tell us about Ultraman, John. What is it? Double Ironman. Double Ironman. Where am I looking here, John? So Rivera and Armstrong repeat at Ultraman. Slow Twitch uh, always have pretty good coverage of these uh, crazy sort of races, and it was interesting that the women's race was won by Shana Armstrong. It's her sixth win. Sixth win. But the record, apparently, the course record is like 20 years old. Yeah, and she's still two hours down from it. Yeah. So it two hours, was it? Was yeah, it was like, oh, was it two minutes? No, I think it was like 20 minutes, I thought. Oh, okay. Well, okay. You keep talking. Scroll up. So, again, another dominating performance by her. Uh, yeah, it came within, or maybe... 2.57. So is it... Is that 2 minutes 57 or Must 2 be. hours 57? Because they wouldn't have said if it was 2 hours 57. Surely she would have yeah. been close to that. Yeah. So very strong performance for her. So yeah, it's a double Ironman on the big island. But it's, but it's a funny format, isn't it? What's the format? You go day one, you do basically a 10k swim yeah. and a 90 mile bike. Then day two, you do a 171 mile bike. And then day three, you run a double marathon. So it's, more than, it's more than a d- double Ironman, isn't it? Because you're swimming 10k, so it's almost triple the swim. Yep. And the bike is, uh, so the bike is 200 and 60 miles which yeah. is double the bike and then double the run so they just yeah. obviously extend the, the swim the swim but which is fair enough Gordo won it didn't he he did Emelina won it didn't he I'm not sure if Emelina's won it or not uh, I'm not sure he may have may not have. I know Jonas Colton's won it Gordo's won it uh, interesting we had there um, so Alexander Rabrero um, had a bit more of a fight on his hands today uh, this week he did a 22-10 22 hours 10 minutes Mika, Miro Krigar from Slovakia, 22.39. Apparently, you know, a big part of that gap was made on the double marathon. The guys were running uh, in the double marathon. They went through halfway in 2.59, and then um, Ribeiro, you know, faded or did what he needed to do and got a big lead, faded in the second half and ended up with a sip, about a six-hour 30 marathon. Uh, that's his fourth win as well. Yeah, yeah very so. solid. And he's 44. Well, all these guys are... Four. All these guys are a little bit older. Met Miro Krieger is 47. And uh, two for 22. Two for 22. <laughs> and Mike Crotland was third. A guy who's coming on Epic Camp, Rip Oldmeadow, uh, was in fifth place. Oh, we met Rip over in bloody Kona, yeah. didn't we? He's a good man. So he was first uh, in Kona. He was the first... Big Island finisher, first That's Hawaiian right. yeah. finisher in, uh, good in Ironman. His character. Uh, woman, so we had Shannon Armstrong, and then... 25 hours, 46 minutes. Nice. Kathy Winkler yep. in 26.04, and Anne Heslout in 26.31. And she actually broke the run course record. 
Really? Yeah. Which apparently she's a bit of an ultraman, ultra, ultra runner. runner. So ah. very solid. And apparently there was another contender, and I can't remember her name, who faded badly on the run, had some issues, but she was right, giving that Shana Armstrong a bit of a run for her money. Well, it's been a funny week, really, because if you kind of did what Ultraman... What notes did you have on there? You had uh, no, no. the first woman was sixth overall? No, no, she won six win. Oh, six one. Yeah, okay. and I already put it in my notes. This yeah. is for me to look good, okay, not you, sorry. okay? I do my P's, you know, I'm doing my work here, you know. You nice. said a few months ago, you said sharpen up. We both needed to sharpen and, up. And I have sharpened up, didn't I? You deliver. So have you, John. Love your work. History. History. It's about the history. But you did Ultraman this weekend. You'd be feeling pretty good about yourself, wouldn't you? You'd be thinking, oh, yeah, I'm a bit of a legend. But no, you're not a legend. Because <laughs> Deca Man. Deca Man <laughs> takes the cake. <laughs> takes the cake. Ten Ironmen in ten days. Tell you what's interesting is um, it seems like a few of the American websites, you know, Triathlete Magazine and so on, they cover this for the first sort of three or four days and then it kind of disappears and really? they don't really, didn't really sort of cover the results. So What I find fascinating is the guy who won it, how do you say that one? Ferenc Songi. Basically, kept within like a 40-minute split over the whole 10 days. So it's the first day he did a 10.50 and by the end of it he was only doing 11 and a half. Very nice. It's pretty awesome. Although I did have a couple of days which are a little bit slower than that, but yeah, but still, sort of most of the, about ten fifty on the first day, and then every other day was yeah, as you said, between eleven twenty eight and eleven fifty one. So pretty, pretty consistent performing. Yeah. Good old Jolly Pascal, Pascal Jolly. That's a great name, isn't Number it? Number one seed. Well, he was actually pushing it. It got a bit interesting around day six because up to day six, they were kind of going in between. Close. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. really close. And then day six, he started to fade and day seven, he kind of lost it from day seven onwards. Yeah. And is there a cutoff? It mustn't be. You must have 24 hours. Yeah, I would think you'd have 24 hours each day to do it, I would have thought. And uh, so on the guys' side of things, we had 10 finishes, uh, 10 people who did 10 Ironman, so that's, that's pretty solid. Uh, Ferenc Sonny from Hungary in first, Pascal Jolly from France in second, and Benet Zabluga from España in third place. Big next, year should, next year we should try to get one of these guys on the show like two days after they've done it. Yeah, well, I don't speak Hungarian. I, I, no, but this is from America. Yeah, I speak a bit of French, but probably not enough to do an interview. Good don't speak much Spanish. Peter Kusik from England yeah. was in fourth place. I have to get an interview with someone like that just right right now to see what their body's right. feeling like. And on the girls' side of things, we didn't actually have anybody who did the Decker. Um, you know what's interesting, Bevan? You keep scrolling down. Now, the Decker is extremely difficult 10 Ironmans in 10 days. Yep. But there's something that's even more harder than that 50 Olympic distance triathlons in 10 days. Five per day. Five per day. So you're actually going further when you look at the guy's finish time. So you're swimming um, five times seven, 1.5. So you're swimming 7.5k a, a day. So you're swimming yep. double the swim. You're biking 200, so a little bit longer. And then you're running 50, so you're running a little bit longer as well. So this guy went even crazier. And he did the most amount of hours as well. So his hours were 174 hours in the 10 days. And in the decommand, the longest was 167. So he was going between 15 and 18. His quickest day was the first day, 1550. And the 10th day, 1843. So he's only getting... You know, six, pretty much from day three onwards, you're six, sitting on a similar pace. Five to six hours sleep a day or rest a day. That is mad. That is mad. That is mad. Wait a second, this person here. So Marcel Henning, we should give you a bit of love from Germany. You killed it. Fantastic. Yeah, that is that is amazing. Why well, would you do that one? I don't know. I guess just do, you've probably done the decky. You're probably just looking for the next, <laughs> next, next crazier level. thing. It, it's mad. Interesting. If I gave you a million dollars, would you do it? No. This one, no. Would be, this one would be a good one to do. And this is something which would be a realistic challenge for a lot of people and to see more of a test of speed to do 10, 10 Olympic distance triathlons in 10 days. So doing one a day for 10 days. That would be quite a cool challenge. 
Okay, yep, yep, it is. It is. It's it speed, is. But it is. this person here who's doing it was probably not... On a slow not, side? Not, not the fastest. Yeah. You kind of want to do it and set targets. You know what I mean? you got to say, you got to do 10 under 3 hours. Or just yeah, wherever you, you yep. know, your, your level where. Because otherwise, you know, you could probably just plot out, you know. Oh, yeah, a, I mean, you an do... An Olympic can just be a training day, can't it? Yeah, so, most, people, most Olympic distance athletes would do more than that in their training day. But to yeah. actually do it as a race, yeah. head to head, would be, would be kind of funky. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Well, beautiful. Maybe you should set up, John. Your triple T side, so we need to bring some triple T. <laughs> the inaugural and one only one off triple T is, uh, and I was a quad quadruple T. I was a quadruple. Yeah. And we also locally we had the Ashburn Half Ironman. Ah, oh, and I went down, John. You went down. Yeah. We've got the results. Uh, I know the results. So okay, we go. had uh, Chris Bisley from Dunedin in first place. He dominated Dojo. They came off the bike together, didn't they? Oh, but he's dominated. He dominated on the run. Yeah. I didn't actually watch much of it. To be uh, and then we had Andrew Black in second. Uh, yeah, no, he did beat him by quite a bit in the end. About four minutes, but it was on the run. But Andrew did uh, 125 run, doing run walk. Yeah, I did a run so walk. He was too. doing run walk, and uh, then we had Paul Davies in third. And on the girls' side of things, Julia Grant took it out, and she she, she, she's very going very very strong. She's pretty hot, old she is, isn't she? Yeah, What's and her name Julia Grant. Yeah, Julia Grant. She's oh, she's hot. And we had uh, Mirren Greenwood. Was she changed her surname? I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. They've got. I think I've been married. I'm not sure if um, she changed. Mary Greenwood from Wanaka was in second place. Can't remember who was third though. Yeah. Well, I had my run group down there. They all did pretty well as well. Yeah. They did great. And they're amazing. I tell you one. One of the problems with the race is that because they've got so many events on, you don't really know what's happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a, you know it's a small race, so you've got to get a million events happening to make your money, which is fair enough. But one of the downfalls is, is that you kind of don't know what's happening in the race, and you've got all these you know people going off in different directions and stuff. Yeah. It was, like it's actually a pretty cool event. What's really nice is that. Admittedly, I don't really get involved with the triathlon community that much in Christchurch, but it is one of those, you know, we don't have many days where everyone's there, mm-hmm. and, you know, you had a short course, you know, long course kind of people in mm. the same place, and that was, socially, it was quite fun just being there and seeing everybody, but as a race to watch, it was a little bit confusing at times. Well, you get that as well with short course racing when you go to uh, a lot of the, you know, the big big ITU races, the World Championship Series, when they're multi-lappers, yeah. first lap's great, you can always kind of tell where the leaders are, but then when they start going around a few yeah. times, you're going, oh, those guys are lapped down or what so yeah but one thing we're going to do a sort of mini coach's corner part of the this the program now um so when you're in you a when, when, you're, when you're in a race you just, um, he's just winging it you want to listen to race officials and and know the course where, yeah. where it's going yep. and if you're running along and some monkey in the in the sidelines say hey come over this way you're going the wrong way <laughs> no and, no that's and, not and, true and, that is not true and then the no. person comes off the course no. and goes the wrong way and then no. has to go back on the there, course. John? Were you there, John? I've heard it from the horse's mouth. Yeah, no, the horse doesn't know what it's talking about. And so, so some <laughs> horses can't talk. The, the story was somebody's running along, and, and I, I'm not sure. Same name too, was it? It was. I'm not going to name names. He uh, was running along in an, an Iron Man talk jersey. I'm not sure if it was Iron Man talk. I'll, or I'll put IM a photo of it on the website because it's bloody gold. <laughs> and then uh, it was I am talking the new jersey. And you're doing you're doing three laps of the course, and it's a bit confusing because there's there's a few different races going on. And so he's running along the course, and Bevan yells out. Hey, I am talk. I am talk over here. You're going the wrong way. Come this way. No, and no, he no. Runs down the finishing chute and sits off the beeper, and, and then he has to clamber over all these stands to get yeah, back but, on course. No, no, no. I just yelled out. I thought it was porno first of all. Yeah. So porno's coming out. Like, yeah, go porno. But then it wasn't porno. But that was okay. And I said, I am talk jersey, just like that. Yeah. And I was standing behind the finish line taking photos of my running group to come through, and he just assumed I didn't realise what lap he was on, <laughs> and he must have just thought I didn't say come down the finishing chute. Uh, 
okay. you know, he, he just took that as it was. So I've got a finishing shot of him, and then I'll, I'll show you, it's gold. And so he's running behind, the, he's coming up the first night, and he gets over the finish, he goes, I've got another lead to do. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so da- David Cormack from uh, Dunedin. Wait a second. So where is it? Here, you, you keep talking for a second, John. But he had a solid it. race. He won, uh, I'm not sure if he won the 40 to 44 or the 45 to 49. And it's yeah, even, it's there he is. Yeah. No, no, there he is, running back. Yeah. Yeah, and there, there he is. And where else is he? Wait, because the finishing line shot was gold. Um, there's also oh. another IM Talk jersey down the bottom there. Oh, was there? Is, there's one of them coming over the finish line. There's one with a the bike. There's Murray Lip. There's the ha- Holy Hammer. Oh, there he was racing. There's another one there. There he is, coming over the finish line. Yeah. Look at that. Nice. Actually, he was meant to go down that bit there. Ah, uh, right. Yeah, but I didn't know. I'm just taking photos. I said, I am talk jersey. Right. And then, and then, then so here I'm going over the finish line. Yeah. There is I'm running behind everything. <laughs> <laughs> I put the photos on the website this week. It's absolute gold. <laughs> yeah, so sorry about that. Anyway. What was his name again? David Cormack. David Neaton. I didn't actually get to see him after the race, so good work, Dave. Bloody. He won his age group, did he? Yep. Plus a bit of extra time on top exactly. as well. So, but he actually won his age group because he went over the finish line early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so good lesson on that one. Nice. So listen, listen, to the, uh, listen to the officials and know where you're going. Coming up this weekend, we've got Ironman Western Australia. Is the last one of the year? Last one of the year, yes. Yeah, it's yes, last it is. Of the year. Okay, so what have we got happening? Jason Shortest is there. Tim Burkle is defending champion. Young, the young man, he uh, won the race last year, beating his uh, his sort of idol, Jason Shortest. But I think they're all going to get taken down by the Vernonator, yeah, Patrick, Patrick Vernay. Now, I don't remember what happened to him in Kona this year, but he wasn't in the top ten, I don't think. I was even there. That's a good point. I think I did see him there at some stage. Okay. No, I did. He was well down. He missed the bunch. Okay. Um, so I'd say Patrick Vernay, he, he loves these races in Australia. He's won... I'm in Australia several times. Yep. I think he's won in Western Australia um, before as well. Last year? Yep. So he was he's probably on a bit of a mission after Kona. And then Jimmy Johnson, he's also there, a good athlete from, from Denmark. And then you've got a whole bunch of Australians ready. You've got the glove man. Um, you don't get more, it's interesting that this race you don't get the people who haven't done well at Kona. I know it's in Australia, so maybe it's a more expensive yeah. kind of race. But you kind of think maybe a few people would think, "Well, it's easy money." Well, it is, and you, well, it's not great money always. But you've 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 always got it's it's been a long season. You know, if yeah, the guys true. are starting in, in March, April time, and then this is in December, it makes for a long season, and people probably just want a bit of a break. Girlsfield is, is is not bad at all, though. Yeah. You've got uh, Gina Crawford, formerly Gina Ferguson. Um, did she cool. win last year or not? I know uh, she's won it. But did she win again last year? I think so. I think she did. She went sub nine last year. She yeah, did. She did yeah, yeah, so she went sub nine last year. She's got a big point to prove. She's had a bloody terrible year since um, Ironman New Zealand really hasn't done anything. So yeah. I think she'll have a bit of a point to prove. And uh, she has had you know, health issues, obviously, but you know, if she's, yeah, she's, if she's, she's got reasonable excuses. Charlotte Paul, we interviewed her after the yeah, race. You helped, her, you helped her sit down. That's right. And, uh, and is, is that your mate there, that cat? No, 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 no. But Kit's fast. Kat Baker, um, she finished, I think, fourth, third or fourth last year. You also got Elizabeth Christensen there and Kate Bell Aqua. She um, really pushed Joe Lorne in Ironman New Zealand a couple of years ago, she going too, to That's right, yeah. And then number 46, Rebecca Keat. Had that DQ from Kona, she'll have a point to prove as well. Yeah, do you think Keat's going to be the favourite? 
Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, by Katrin Mile. Yeah, you would you would expect her to be the favourite, and she's you know when you look at her. Has she had enough time, time after Kona? She has, hasn't she? She has. I mean, the thing is, she got DQ'd from Kona, but she raced hard. Yeah, she finished. Um, so she finished fourth, or was it fourth or fifth? Yeah. Um, having had a ten minute penalty. Yeah. So if she shows her form that she had in Roach, she should uh, dominate. But she's really come on this year, hasn't she? She's oh, kind of been one of the up and comers this year. Like she's been around for a few years, but this has kind of been results wise the break for a year, hasn't it? Oh, and she's joined the team. B, B, we would have said it right. Yeah, we were in trouble. Right. It was Team TBB. Team BB. No, Team TBB. TBB to B. Yeah. To be Team B. That's right. So she's on that now and she uh, seems to be reaping the benefits. So good luck, yeah, everybody. We're going to lots more emails now, aren't we? Good luck to everybody <laughs> racing this weekend over there. It's a fast course, so we expect to see some fast times. Love your work. Okay, so what else we've got happening? It's Hot Topic of the Week. Hot Topic of the Week last week was should six year old age group basically have 10 year age groups for Kona because. You know, not so many people race in that age group, and so there should be less. So I want to do the last one first because I thought that was a good one. Okay, John, you do the last one first. Over sixties could possibly go into a deck. Oh, this is from BJ Christensen. Yeah. Um, over sixties could possibly go into ten-year uh, age groups, but over seventies should be automatically should they compete any Ironman under sixteen hours. In Kona, most everyone is uh, off the course at that time anyway, and I'd say if you're seventy plus, healthy, and haven't made it yet, you're in. I would rather be cheering on more 70 plus um, competitors before midnight to give, uh, than give extra slots to age groupers that have had enough comp- competitions already, or competitors already. If you don't make it when you're young, everyone has a chance when they're 70. Any more than 10 in any age group, any qualifying race is too many. If you can't make top 10 in your age group, then you'll have to try again. Do you like that idea? I quite like that. I do like that idea as well, but I think maybe the 16 hour thing is, is kind of that much harder than other races. Well, so for a 70 year old like if you do Ironman I don't know Western Australia and you do like a 16.30 there well no I think you said under 16 so okay well let's say you do a 16 hour there just under 15.59 yeah. and, yeah. and you're 60 you know to go to Kona is that a big step up which means you're going to well, fail you'd say it's you know an hour you've got an hour leeway there and I would say that's sufficient you would have to step up but you still have an hour and at the end of the day if you don't make it you get cut you know you get yep. pulled from the yep. course and at least you've been given the opportunity I do like the idea I think it's pretty cool eh? yeah, it's kind of like a very good idea. rewarding people who are pretty great because to be doing Ironman at 70 plus that's pretty impressive yeah it is pretty impressive okay Stacey Head I think that over 60 could be grouped in a 10 year age group spans but not like any lower than that I think that this would allow more spots to possibly go to other uh, races and large age groups, especially with adding more races lately. It can only be so many people, the world champs. Who else you want to do? I'll do uh, Dan McCormick. I say yes, but would uh, but would extend it downwards to include over 50. So oh, here we go. 50 to 59. He's, 60 he's to young, 69, isn't he? 70 plus, although possibly just have a 60 plus. Um, yeah. uh, in fact, why not go the whole thing and do 10 year bands for all? Would allow world champ fields to be trimmed to help with congestion drafting while still allowing WTC races, including new ones, to have slots. Dan. Mm. Fegan, the deliverer. The constant, what was it? Constant deliverer. Mr. Consistency. That's right. There should be a minimum uh, number of participants within a slot band, say 25 per slot. Then they can make the bands up based upon this. Although this could lead to a specific slot for age groups 20, 32, 33, 34, so on, as there will be enough to create a spot per year. I still think that after 30, if anyone gets an age older age group... At a still, quicker time. At a quicker time, it hasn't got a slot, should be... Uh, I need to read that better. 
But, okay. <laughs> Start <laughs> I, again. I, I, I still think that after 30, if anyone from an older age group has a quicker time that hasn't got a slot, they should be able to take it up from a slower band. Okay, so basically he's saying... If you're, a, if you're, a if you're like 45 plus. and you do it faster than the 33 guy. Yeah. But is he saying from the roll down? He's just saying if you're older and you're going faster, you should be able to get a slot. Yeah, I think that's probably a fair call. Yeah, it'd be, tr- it'd be tricky to... Um... Maybe what they should do with the roll down is, okay, basically you get your slots... Mm-hmm. And if you get first, second, or third, you get your slot. But if it goes to roll down, it goes to the fastest people. But then it's always going to just go to the 30 to 34s yeah, and true. stuff. Actually, yeah, I didn't think about that. Didn't think that one through. <laughs> you bum me out. That's <laughs> no, cool. And I'll do the first one. Uh, Tim Porter, can you imagine the whinging that would happen? This over, was gold, actually. Over 60s already have to have to find enough to bleat about, cut the cone of placings, and then you'll just get a chorus of senior bitching. Besides... <laughs> I've just turned 30 and I've got uh, a snowflake's chance of, in hell of qualifying for my age group at the moment. My plan is to retire at 60, fit, healthy, and with a massive superannuation and hope that there has been enough attrition throughout the guys in my age group over the next 30 years to qualify myself. Nice. Do you find that with all people? I found it was good. Yeah, well, you listen to... Uh, you know, listen to... What do you call it? Talk back and stuff. Average age there... Is not 25. But the funny thing is, the young guys, you listen to it? Occasionally. What, 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 who do well, you I listen to sports sports stuff, but I'm getting a bit sick of that. There is just too much bloody whinging. It's just the same crap every day, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, lastly, good old Andrew. I think it would be uh, it would be better to have age groups bigger, as the older age group would make more make it more competitive. Many of the 60-plus only have five athletes to compete against, mm-hmm. which, is, which is a fair call. But they don't give away five slots for 50-plus, do they? No. 60-plus. Okay, John, your thoughts? I'm happy with the status quo, with the change being... Well, I like that last suggestion we had, uh, which I read out first. If you go over 70, sub-16 on any course anywhere in the world, I know there's a lot of variation in times. If you go sub-16, you're over 70, automatic slot. And that probably should be over and above what they've already got. So say you go to Ironman New Zealand, there's, what, 70 slots. Maybe they have a little contingency there that if you get any 70 pluses qualifying, you get a couple of extra slots. So I like how it's done at the moment. I think for the guys in the big age groups, it's just tough, tough titties. Um, yep. Yeah, it's great to have a good spread of ages uh, represented at Kona. So I think uh, how it's done at the moment is appropriate. I think one thing to remember is that while it is getting harder to qualify for Kona, you know, like the race is getting bigger, the fields are getting stronger, you know, so to get to Kona work nowadays, is, it's a bloody achievement in itself, mm. isn't it? And you know what? That's just the deal, you know? And at the end of the day, we, you know, like, why should the people who are 60 plus be disadvantaged just because they've got a smaller field? And I, I just think they should have qualifying races and non qualifying races. So, yep. you know, they, um, I know that's going to create issues in terms of actually getting into races, but I don't feel that every race should have qualifying spots because, yeah, if you go to WA, there are not many slots. And, you know, in most age groups, you've got to be in the first couple to get it. Okay, in. John, here's a question for you. Okay. If WTC decided to have qualifying races and non-qualifying races, let's say they had how many? Other, there's probably thirty races on the circuit. Ah, uh, probably maybe twenty, but yeah, okay, it's let's, getting up there. Okay, let's say twenty. So, and they say ten are qualifying, ten aren't, yep. and they charged more for the qualifying races. So you had to pay a thousand to do a qualifying race and only five hundred to do a normal race. What yeah, do you think would happen? I think, I think. Well, I don't know what would happen, but I think it would be. Um, that's fair enough, I reckon. And you, then you'll get a really good quality race. You're going to again create um, drafting issues because you're going to have a really strong field and probably more competitive. But as long as you chose an appropriate course, I think it'd be. I think it'd be a good idea. Okay. Nice. So you so want to go redeem myself, didn't I? You did. I redeemed myself. Yeah. Thank God for that. Okay. This week, what do we got? If you're a pro racing head-to-head in Kona and a fellow competitor asks for a gel, salt tab, etc., 
Would you give it to them? Who's this from, John? Was this just well, one of yours? It was just a bit of a random thing because it, in kind of this year we had... Uh, well, last year and, Rebecca Key. And, yeah, she gave Chrissy Sung. Andreas Raylert this year I think gave Crowey his special needs bag because um, he got given the wrong special needs and he passed it over to Crowey. That's right. That's and right. then I heard... Um, that it was, was really nice, wasn't it? It was nice, but I'm, yeah. I'm just wondering if other people would do it. And then I, I heard... Um, I'm thinking you wouldn't, but look at your face right now. Save that to next week. And then you had... Uh, I listened to an interview with Macca on competitive radio the other day and he was saying he was asking Norman for salt tablets when they were com- coming off the bike together. And did he? Well, you just listened to the end. Well, I'll well, tell you next week. No, he didn't give them to him. Oh, really? <laughs> no. He said, oh, they're not best of mates, are they? Well, no, they're not going to get on okay now, but he, uh, Macca said, have you got any salt tablets? He said, yes, but I haven't got enough to give you any. <laughs> oh, well, that's fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Because it's your race. Exactly. You know, so what and do you they're think? both still competitive then. And, and why? Why if, Would you give people, uh, fellow competitors, we're talking here if you're a, a pro, elite yeah. athlete, and you're going for the world championships and you're expecting to be it's in the top It's different if you're, you see your mate out there and he's dying exactly. and it's all good. We're talking, it's, put yourselves in. in uh, you're in, winning Kona. Yeah. Or you're in the lead bunch. You're second place in Kona and the guy who wins asks you for it. Mm. Oh, the drama of it. Mm. Okay then. Oh, John, it's getting pretty exciting. You know why? We've done 30 minutes of news. That was pretty exciting. That's pretty exciting as well. But you know why us? Why? It's getting close to the history time. That's right. <laughs> Age Gruber of the Week. Good old Richard Swan. Have we got a name for Richard Swan? No, well, donate to the show, Richard. Hurry up. Because yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't give you a nickname. <laughs> you don't get one unless you donate. Okay, so, so well, he sent us through the photo. We actually had this photo on the website a few weeks ago at the Case Swiss party when we were in Kona. And Richard was in good form, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, it was a good night, wasn't it? He, he, had, his, uh, he had his kind of performance under his belt and he was celebrating in style. Okay, I'd like to introduce you to guys to a rare fan. And I would like to nominate him as Age Group of the Week, Mark Cross. I know. Uh, I knew that Mark was a fan of your show as he came to congratulate me when the Philinator successfully nominated me and I think that Marv is a, Mark is a worthy winner of this crown. Mark recently returned to New Zealand after many years of living in the corporate life and raced Ironman New Zealand in 2008 for a solid time of 10 hours, 12 minutes and 58 seconds. This was a great PB for Mark as his previous Ironman New Zealand was back when it was at U- he was at uni and completely unprepared, in his own words, and did a 12.43 back in 1989. You know why that works really well, John? Because it was 30 years ago? No, because the history's going to be coming. Oh, that's the right. history's about 1989. Well, so other things that happened in 19, 1989. What? Well, we'll, go, we'll cover that in the history. Oh, okay, there we go. Back when it was raced in Auckland. However, I don't think that there was 19 years of base training between that and his Ironman in 2008. Mark then raced again Taupo in 2009 and smashed out a further PB doing a very solid 9.38. That's pretty good. Yeah. Didn't, you know, dropped 40 minutes. Uh, to qualify for Kona, Mark, being a thoroughly well-organised guy that he is, managed to negotiate a leave pass and train for three weeks up to the Big Island, up in the Big Island with his training partner, good old Trenzo Pizzoni. Yeah. Oh, that means he was probably training with good old Macca as well. Mm-hmm. So that would be good old smashing. Um, uh, he did all the cooking. Mark did the I'm, cooking. I'm very informed that Mark did all the cooking. Good. In tr- uh, typical fashion, Mark had another great race in Kona, doing a very good... 9.50 for 16th in the uber-competitive 40-44 to 44 age group, including a meaty 5.10 on the bike. Mark loves the sports, trains very, very hard, is a great guy to train with and spend time with, and as always, has a good story to tell. Even with 19 years between races, a 2-hour 30 IMM PB is pretty impressive, but equally so was the way he executed his race in Kona. 
in front of his proud family. Beautiful. Good that he got. So the I think that is worthy there. of age group of the week, it and is. so do we. We think that is very worthy. We think that's bloody worthy, Mark. Yeah. And he's a Kiwi, and he's raced on the, the old Auckland course. That was a very, very tough course. So well, why was Auckland so tough? It was hilly. Yep. It was a sea swim that was often choppy. And it was, it was really polluted, wasn't it? Because uh, that was one of the reasons they, they changed it. No, it was just congestion, oh, I think. It was in... It was in Mission Bay, which isn't too bad. So it was... Uh, it was oh, just was it a, really Mission Bay? Yeah, it was I a tough, tough course. And you're not giving me much love today, I must no. say. No, well, you've got to get your facts straight. We can't, we can't go... Can't go uh, sure, pollution was the problem. It wasn't. That was the, that was the issue when we used to have the uh, ITU Triathlon World oh, Cup Oh, that's where we went wrong. That's, yeah. And they, we used to do that in the Viaduct Basin. Why did they have a World Cup in Auckland, did they? Yeah. Why did they lose it? Um, oh, it's, it's pollution. Bloody, it's pollution. <laughs> and it's bloody expensive to do those jobs. I, did a, I, did, I raced there two or three times. How'd you go there, John? Not, not good. I did finish... Uh, I got a prize check at one of them. I think I must have finished 20th. Um, oh really? And there weren't many people finishing behind me. <laughs> it was carnage. There was crashes everywhere. It was pissing down the rain. So I was quite. What did you get for that. a price check? Oh, I got. It was alright. I was like, it was either. I think it was like two hundred fifty US for twentieth nice. or something. And that was in like nineteen thirty three. Uh, and, and I was well off the pace. <laughs> well off the pace. So you were loving it, eh? Yeah, I was loving it. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So it was good. But anyway, bad day you get paid. Back to the uh, you don't get paid. Two, you get two hundred fifty bucks for twentieth. These days, and in, in I man, you get five hundred for tenth. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, actually, you've always been pretty good on the prize money. Nice. Well, uh, Mark definitely has shown some pretty good progress here, hasn't he? Exactly. To go from a 12.43 on a very, very tough Auckland course, unprepared, and then but coming back and doing good, solid uh, race in, in Taupo with a 10.12, and then to drop down to a 9.38. 9.38, you're starting to get in the bounds of, of being, that's pretty fast. That's pretty fast, isn't and then, it? And uh, then to back it up for 9.50, because that's not much of a difference. 12 minutes from that's to a, New Zealand to Kona, that's a good... That's a good performance, especially, yeah. That, yeah, it was pretty hot this year in Kona. Yeah, it's lots of were blowing around you, mate, so good work, Mark. Mark, you are our... Age Grouper of the Week. Lovely. Let's put it on a website of the week. Here we go. Website of the Week. And good old... Who sent this one through? Dennis Callahan. Oh, he did. He's gone to Ironman Louisville. He's at Ironman 2010 hopeful. Hopeful. Well, hope, hopeful for you too. Good old, do you want to read this one, John? Yep, John Bev. This is a website I came across, and it's easy to play. Oh. It's fantasytry.com, and it's a site that lets you act like a tri-team manager. It's based on the popular fantasy league format. These leagues are huge in the US for football, American football, not soccer. Yep. But this is the first league I've seen for triathlon. It offers many different levels to play, but I just play the free games. You name a team, pick uh Pick to which race you're going to play in. Recruit players from a list, saying within a, staying within a given salary. Oh, nice! So uh, then, just wait for the race to, uh, to go and see how your picks did. Super easy and fun. I saw John's name on the recruiting list, but didn't see Bev's. But it's a long list, and there's no search engine for names. Am I on the list? I didn't read that part. <laughs> nice pick me for your top bloody performers you out mean? there. What do you mean on a recruiting list? Well, you see what you do. You go to a, you know, so... Um, go. Go, go how to, how to play, play. How to play. Here we go. How to play. You basically go in there and... Fantasytry.com. And you've got to pick your top um, 15 athletes and... Is this for the whole season? No, you do it for different races. So you go in there. Each week they'll, they'll have a designated uh, race and I guess you can choose which race you want to do and you say, right... This person's going to finish first, and this person's going to finish 15th. So I guess they have to have the start list as well in advance. And uh, and you just go away, and then you, but you've got to stay within a, in a price, within a, um, a, a, a number of... Uh, 
the money. You got to stay within the. Yeah, budget. so you get a budget. budget. Let's say you get, I don't know, five hundred dollars. Yeah, and you can buy athletes. So I, I would cost one dollar, maybe for example. Maca would cost a thousand. Maca would cost a thousand. I'd give you. I'd say you probably yeah. five. Good. To be honest. Good. Yeah. So this looks like quite a bit of fun, and the thing is, they're coming to the end of the season. But basically, a lot of the races I looked on there were um, Ironman races or seventy point three races, Pretty and some American races. Uh, if you go, to, you can go to the View Past races. Um, so here we've got you know Cozumel, Arizona. You've got 70.3 champs. You've got some ITU races. Oh, so it's a mix um, of everything, Americans. John. So it's a bit of everything. Got our good friend Brian Rhodes on the page as well. Exactly. He had his, apparently he had a Cervelo, his brand new Cervelo stolen out of his car the other day. Oh, no. So I don't know if it's a P4 or whatever. But Did I show you my new bike? No. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Come but, on, but, give, so, me, hey, give me something today. <laughs> it's only 9.05. It's only 9.05. I'm just a little slow on the uptake there. Sorry, I apologize. Came through. Anyway, I thought you sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyway, fantasytry.com. Okay, so how about next year we do it? We're we're going to look into doing it next year. Now we know you guys will hear about us, <laughs> fantasy try. So let us know when you're going to start next year's one, and we'll give we'll give it a plug. Mm. Looking good. We like it. Yeah, it'd be great. Because then I I actually think I'll be have to beat you, John. Because no, you tried this, didn't you? What was your game you tried with us? Just to show you how great you were and how bad I was. No, I was, I was dominating on that. What was that? I can't remember what I called it. Yeah. Basically, Jordan's big Bevan losers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is looking good. So we're going to give it a, we'll give it a try next year. Okay. Beautiful. Because it doesn't have... Maybe we'll have an IM Talk group on here. We'll see. And we'll see who can win it. Yeah. That's yeah. like, I like your style. Yeah, okay. Thanks. Nice. <laughs> love. Okay, well, let's find some music. We've got to find some good music for this next section because it's an important section. Here we go. History lesson. lesson. Good morning, Mr. Yusum. I should actually get Melina coming in here and doing this because I may not get all my facts. Well, we, we will one day, eh? We'll get Melina in at some stage because, you know what? It was, it was 1989, John. And do you know what happened in 1989, John? It was 30, 30 years ago. What else? What happened in 1989, oh, no, it was, it was, it was it 20 years ago? 20, it was 20 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> See, you have your maths. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I started weak, but you let me come back. First episode of The Simpsons. Really? Started in, in good old September. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were huge. Did you used to watch that? And uh, age group of the week, Mark. He was, uh, he was training for his Ironman in New Zealand. training for his Ironman in New Zealand. Did it in Auckland. Yep. Good old the Communist Party of Poland voted to legalise solidarity. So. <laughs> nice. It was a big year. In China, it was the year of the snake, John. The year of snakes. Yep. The Game Boy was released in Japan. Nice. Did you have a Game Boy? I didn't. The Tiananmen Square massacre takes place. Oh, that's not a good time. Batman, the first Batman was released. Okay. Highest grossing film based on a DC comic until the new Batman in 2008 came out. But. The closest ever. Tour de France in history. There was a difference of eight seconds between number one Greg LeMond and number two. Laurent Fignon. <coughs> what, do you know what happened on that? There was, Tell me uh, about it, John. It came down to the final time trial. Normally, you know, you have your, your, your race into the Champs-Élysées. Yeah. You do your laps there and the sprinters take it out. But on that day. 
they had uh, an individual time trial. Can't remember exact distance. It was not that long. It was some, somewhere between. So why? Why did that happen? Oh, they just changed it each year, and it was a really close race. And uh, well, I could get my facts slightly wrong here, but I think Fignon was leading, and um, Le Mans just had this amazing time trial, beat him, and I'm pretty sure 1989. Because the reason, that main reason he beat him was the first time tri bars were used in the Tour de France. So oh. everybody else was riding on their, you know, their standard bikes with. Um, your, your, your normal handlebars. This year, uh, Le Mans got out there on the tri-bars. We all know now how much of a difference they make. Yeah. And that was basically the boom really? from when tri-bars took off because everybody thought they were something stupid. Le Mans used them, wins the Tour de France. Eight seconds. Wins. Yeah. That's pretty and awesome, isn't it? My memory's a little shaky, but I'm pretty sure he was like a minute down or something like that, and he just killed the last time trial. What a buzz. The guy. Well, just quickly, demolition of the Berlin Mall. We also went down... Uh, Detroit Pistons won the NBA Finals and the price it's, of a car it's starting to make my history lesson not seem quite so important but let's get well, on the you kind of went overboard with the uh, Tour de France because that was pretty good that was pretty that good was that pretty was a pretty good. big moment of sport but anyway but back anyway, in 1989 John so tell me about triathlon we know that the first triathlon was 1978 wasn't it in Mission Bay so um, it took 11 years so it took 11 years during that time Kona obviously kicked off and what year was first, your first Kona yeah, about um, it was 30, 31 years this year. So maybe it was seven, 78 was uh, yeah, the first Kona. Maybe yeah. uh, the first Mission Bay was before that. But anyway, triathlon had been going by 1989. Triathlon had been going we for a while. We need our tri-boys t-shirts on. I mean, uh, I know our tri-tops on. I thought I had my, I had one this morning, and it was I think it was 78. So maybe first Kona was 78. Anyway, yeah. triathlon had been going for a while by 1989. You had the Hawaii Ironman going on, and that was kind of the big sport at this time, wasn't it? Yep, and, yep. You, and it was the sport was really growing. You had lots of races in, in North America was that this were really popular. Malina won Kona. No, he won 88. 88. That's 88. right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, oh, because it's more. The first, and yeah, I, I, this is making my facts even, <laughs> even less important. But anyway, 1989 was the first ITU, first time that they pulled together all the international federations and had a world short course championship. So uh, the year before that, there'd been an unofficial one in Perth, hadn't there? I think you're right there. Yeah. You're pulling me up there. I, I, I think you're right. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's always because I read what you but, said through. I did my piece, John. Nice. It probably did better than me. Then. Because uh, Avignon of France hosted the first world triathlon championships. Yep. Interestingly, the swim was uh, a little bit longer. It was just scrolling. 1,700 metres. It was 1,700 metres as opposed to 1,500 metres. So that was a little bit interesting and probably um, was a little bit fairer because the swimmers got a little bit further. So anyway, it was a 1.7k swim, 40k bike and a 10k run. Okay, and part one of today's lesson, tell us why it's part one, Well, we're going to do part one and part two because uh, part two had dropped off the ITU website. (laughs) But anyway, going into the race, uh, New Zealand's Erin Baker was the the dominating female of of the, uh, the circuit. Um, why, why was one thing in this piece you've sent through is it says that Erin Baker was as renowned as maybe being the best triathlete in all distances of all time. Why, why was she so great? Well, because she won sprint distance worlds, she won duathlon worlds, she won Zoffingen, which is long distance duathlon, she won Kona, she won Ironman, she won Olympic distance, so she pretty much won overall distances. And she's also a pretty good marathon runner as well, oh, she's she? a great marathon yeah. runner. And um, so Pauline Newby-Fraser is always going to be the queen of Kona, and Chrissy may somehow sort of get that crown off her at some stage, yep. but uh, in Kona, Erin was not as, not as strong, but Erin probably would have had a, a uh, maybe a, a bigger um, sort of 
history behind her, but she was not allowed to go into the States for a long time. So tell us why that happened, John. Because when the South African rugby team toured New Zealand... This in, is back in like 1981. Uh, 81, yeah. yeah. Good, good facts there. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, there was a big protest and she I got... redeemed a, myself today. She got, she got arrested and if you have a criminal record, um, it's very, very difficult. To it was pretty unfortunate, really, because what happened was there's a big lot of protesters stopped the rugby game in New Zealand and mm-hmm. rugby in New Zealand is pretty big and they just sat in the field and she got arrested for that really at the mm. end of the day and that kind of tarnished you or made her career a little bit harder because she couldn't race in the US for a long period of time could she exactly yeah. so anyway going into this uh, race the women's race Erin was the, the hot favourite and uh, she ended up winning the race it came down to the run she ended up running a 37 minute uh, run in the run it was that, pretty close wasn't it that year she'd won th- or going into that race she'd won 34 of 37 triathlons wow um, so she really was considered to, to be the best the other thing that happened when they went to this race was they were going and this is typical French um, they went into the race and they said okay we're going to have more prize money for the men than the women and the girls I'll imagine this was led by Aaron and, and the guys no as the, well, guys, the guys the guys actually said back it up back it up, back it up. we're not going to race unless the chicks get the same amount of money exactly so fantastic which is quite, it was ahead of its time really wasn't it oh it was it's still ahead of its time I mean, there's, I mean most, most sports are getting there now but it's been a long time like Wimbledon's only in the last couple of years had equal prize money so this really set the standard for the ITU they basically said equal prize money and from this that day on it was equal prize money now, now I don't actually know Erin that well I've only met her a couple of times but one thing is she's a strong woman isn't she and, and, and as an athlete that's really what she brought to the sport wasn't it just it was. tough and, and intimidating and, and there was an interesting um, part of this race you know they were they were going along and she was in the lead with um, what, was the, what was the girl who got second scroll down a bit I'll scroll down a little bit um, scroll, scroll, scroll. So she Jan was on the, on the bike with Jan Ripple, and uh, and apparently they were miles in front of everybody, and everybody was really surprised that Jan Ripple was was able to stay with Erin. And, and apparently Erin said, and the, as the article says, "I oh, come on, just 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 slow down a little bit. We're we're, we're way ahead. We've got this race under our control." So the fact you can go up to one of your competitors and have the confidence to tell them to, "Oh, you come on, we're pushing it a little bit too much here," really? is, uh, is is interesting and and probably a little bit tactical. Uh-huh. Um, but then they, the Jan Ripple and Erin went on to the run together and Erin uh, sort of pulled away in the final stages of one, the run to take the first ever world championship for New Zealand. Now, saying one thing that really helped Erin, she didn't win by about 30 seconds in the end, but well, let's, be, let's get this right, John. We're doing a history lesson here. She won by 32 Four, seconds. 41 seconds. Oh, no, sorry. 32, 32 seconds, exactly. So, but basically, she was quite famous for doing her, her track work, mm-hmm. and she would always do tra- begin her track session with six 1,000 metres repeats on 3 minute 15 seconds. That's pretty solid time. progressively faster. Mm. Yeah. That is... Uh, and at the end of the day, she just had more footwork. That's what Ripple said. More speed. Yeah, more fo- yeah, speed Foot work. speed. Yep. We got together, we got there. <laughs> together so Aaron Baker around 37.23, and... Whilst on the current circuit, that's not going to be beating Moffat and Snowsill, that's still going to be pretty competitive on the current circuit, given that you, these guys are doing an individual time trial, so they're more fatigued going into the run. Um, I would say in the current setup, you know, if Erin would have to have modified her abilities a and little bit. And that's longer. Yeah, she would have been. What time um, does Moffat and that do now? Uh, they're sort of sub 30, they're sort of 34s. No, I mean for the whole thing. Uh, well, they're, they're sort of two hours flat, okay. usually about, yep. depending yep. on the course. But it's so variable on the bike. Well, and the sport's evolved. Yeah, you know. But Erin was was a quality athlete, and she would have been competitive in the current stage had her swimming been up to stand up. I, I think the question I have is, will Erin be the greatest triathlete of all time? Like, can anyone do what she's done? Can anyone win all the events? It's a bit like rugby. You know, they say yeah. Colin Meads is the best New Zealand rugby player of all time, and it's just a different era. Um, I still think feel that she's probably the best 
triathlete New Zealand's um, New Zealand's produced. I mean, but you got Rick Carter Wells. up there as well. Rick Wells is in the same ball, ballpark, but I mean, he's in the same ballpark, but not but the not. same. Man. But Erin was just was was outstanding, and uh, and she probably would have a bigger following in New Zealand if she'd carried on being involved in triathlon. But she sort of. Yeah, they did the kids try for a while, didn't they? But mm. Scott said it was too much work. So anyway, scroll down a little bit. We want to give the top ten here, and the, the so first place was Aaron Baker. Obviously, went on to have a fantastic career and, and won a lot of races. Jan Ripple was in second again, had a great career. Some of these women I don't know. Laurie Samuelson was in third. Don't know what she went on to do. Karen Smyers. Karen Smyers had a fantastic career, racing. multiple wins. She won Kona. Yeah. Um, and was a, a world champion. She lost a sprint finish to Michaeli Jones in 1993 in Manchester World Champs. Patricia Puntos was one of the great Puntos Swiss sisters who, oh, yeah. who they won, won Kona, didn't they? Kona multiple yeah. times. Don't know Missy Mortlock from Canada. Jodie Cross from Canada, don't know. Silva, Sylviane Puntos was in eighth. Again, she had some fantastic things. Carol Montgomery, world champion, dominated on the World Cup circuit. Fantastic runner. Also, at the Commonwealth Games, she ran uh, 10,000 metres and uh, triathlon at the same Commonwealth Games in Manchester. Oh, really? In nine, uh, what was that? That must have been about 2002. Yeah, it would have been yeah. about then. Yep. And Simon Mortier of Germany was in 10th place. Okay, so now you're winging it, John. You've, you've, done, you've done your P's on, your, on the girl side of things. On the guy side of things, back in 1989, we had the Iron War this year as well, so it was a big year for Mark That's Allen. true. I wonder what time of the year this was. Um, at what da- sort of date it was? We... No, it doesn't, doesn't say what doesn't month. Say. No. Credit to Timothy Carlson for writing this article. Yeah, right? it's a good article. And uh, so we had Mark <coughs> Allen took out the men's race on the back of a very solid run. So he ran thirty three oh six. Which Wait, is... you keep talking, John, and okay. I'm going to do something here. Okay. Okay. okay, so Mark Allen won the race. Obviously, went on to win Kona, but that was the other thing about Mark Allen. He was—he's kind of like Aaron in that way, is it? Always very good overall distances. Credit, yeah. Whereas Dave Scott, Kona was his thing, and he wasn't as as dominant in other distances at, at other races around the world. So he won the race on the back of a very strong run. What are you doing? I've got it. You've got it. Okay, we can't. Should, should we pause? We can't read all that. Can we pause? We'll pause. <coughs> we'll pause. Wait a second. We're back and Google saved the day. Google did save the day. Went back onto the ITU site and the link was, was dead yesterday when I was doing the my P's, but uh, it's back today. So Mark Allen won the race and it was two months before he went on to win Kona. So it was, you know, could have been the springboard to give him the confidence to take that race along with well, his pieces Well, it was also at a 20 race winning streak at this time, so mm-hmm. he, was, he was probably pretty confident. It was. And he said this win was, um, just what is, what is, I've got to quote him correctly here. At some here. point, uh, you don't really, oh. Go in there. This one is the one I'm most proud of in my career. Yeah, which is interesting, isn't it? Interesting, because everybody obviously remembers Mark Allen as a long-course athlete, but he was a fantastic short-course athlete as well. So what they actually did in this race, was swim in the Rhone, the Rhone River, um, Rhine or Rhone River, <clears throat> and the, the, it usually flows quite quickly. What they actually did upstream was slow the flow of the river down, um, so it wasn't going to be like a, a five-minute swim. Interesting. You sound like a robot right now. <clears throat> robot. Okay. Um... Yeah, and so going into the race, his main competitor probably was Mike Pig. They were kind of head-to-head. But he actually had intestine problems leading into the season, really. And uh, so it didn't really go to plan. So Mark Allen took the race out. He swam 28 minutes. He biked 57. And then he ran 33 minutes. Glenn Cook from the UK was a fantastic swimmer. He was there in uh, second place. And our good old Kiwi Rick Wells was in third place. And really, Pig lost it on the, bike, on the run. So because him and Allen got off the bike together... 
Pig was almost always a dominator on the bike, and 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 if, as you said, if you hadn't had intestine problems, you, you'd normally expect him to be riding off the front, and then for the other guys to be catching him on the run, he was a bit weaker on the run, but yeah. not not normally that weak. Rick Wells, who got third, um, he went on to, I think he won the unofficial world champs the year before. The year before, okay. I think it was in Nice, not in, uh, not in uh, Perth. Perth. Okay. There have been things in Perth. So Rick Wells was a fantastic athlete, great swimmer. Went to the Commonwealth Games for New Zealand for swimming, I think, in the relay team. Also did a lot of surf lifesaving. So he was in third place. And the following two years later, he had a Canada. Canada. Canada, was it? Yeah. I did not know that. Oh, no, there was one in Perth in 87. Good good work, Bevan. I like your style. Yeah, and then in Canada in 88. Okay. Yeah, and there's unofficials. And she actually won both of them. Erin did. Yeah. Nice. Scroll down, I've got to give the rest of the top 10 some love. Um, top 10 some love. Here's the top 10 some love. Here we go. Yep. So, fourth place, Miles Stewart. At that, at that time, in 1989, he probably would have been bloody 18, I would have, I'd be guessing. Because oh, he, really? He won in a sprint finish in 1991 on Gold Coast. I yep. think it was 91. Uh, and then he was only like 20. So, fourth place. He was a... He was a big-time racer. He often was up and down a bit during his um, season, but whenever it came to world champs, he always... Just, just always brought his A-game, did he? And he always seemed to get medals. Um, it's funny, I've got some guys like that, eh? Like, they just oh, deliver under pressure, eh? Yeah. You know, you B racers, they might not do good, but then come, come the big game... Yeah, he was a big-time for Rob Burrell, uh, another great athlete. He he went on and got um, podiums and world championships in, in when it was in Canada. Did Brad Bevan win? Brad Bevan never won a world title. Really? He You're got, loving that, aren't you? I'm no, just smiling. He got, it was unfortunate. He would win all the other races. Uh, he got quite a few seconds. He got second in Wellington in 1994. 95, he got second, I think, in uh, in Mexico. Yep. Uh, and I'm sure he would have got a few other podiums. But he was like dominated the sport. Like he would have won the overall series, eh? Oh, every, he won it for years. Oh, really? Yeah, and he was always good. Mike Pig was... Uh, was Probably could have been included in the in the big four. We need to get him. We need to actually get him on the show. Mike Pig. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because someone hook us up. Someone must know Mike Pig. Give, oh, us, give us a hook up. Million could probably hook us yeah. up. And then we had Carol Blondell from Belgium in eighth. Spot Anderson in ninth. That's a great name, Spot. Spot. And I think he does a bit of coaching in Australia now. Great. And Wolfgang Katrig in tenth place. So that was the 1989 first ever official World ITU Triathlon Championships. Yeah, the thing that's kind of cool is how far the sports come, hasn't it? It's good. I mean, yeah. Twenty years. Yes, exactly. I think some people though probably would have thought it would have come further and oh, become really? more mainstream because a lot, I think a lot of people through the eighties and the and the nineties thought it was going to be the next big sport, marathoning type thing. Yeah. And you know, when the jogging craze took off, I think they thought triathlon was going to do it. So yes, it's it's grown a lot, but I think a lot of people thought it was going to grow more. Do you know what I love most about these photos? The fashion. Well, the fashion triathlon finish we were used to, but Mark Allen's stonewashed jeans on the podium. That is gold. Remember stonewashed? Stonewashed. Oh, mate. Stone- Stonewash jeans. That is a beautiful thing. So, so Mark that, Allen and Aaron Baker are the first official world ITU triathlon champions. Beautiful. I'm going to do a couple quick questions and answers. Thanks for the history lesson, Mr. That's Houston. okay. That's okay. I've taken some valuable facts forward. Good. Questions and answers. Sorry to interrupt there because I know you're going to do a couple of questions and answers. Um, if people have got little history stories that uh, they would like to send through, I'm happy to consider them. Yeah. And do your facts. I if you do all the work, we'll, yeah. we'll put them on. I do have a history of vetoing some things. I vetoed, vetoed an age group of a week or a little while ago, didn't I? Oh, really? um, somebody's wife tried to nominate their wife for being a great supporter. Oh, yeah, but that was nice. It was, it was nice, but... 
Age group of the week is age group of the week. Okay. Athletic performances. Okay. Holy hell. Maybe, maybe she's pretty athletic at times. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good old Christopher Day, John. He's going, Coach John and Bevan, trust you're both well and getting warmer in Christchurch. I haven't sent this one through to you. Oh, no. This, now, Christopher Day's doing a, a run race, a bike race. She's riding from Melbourne to Adelaide, and it starts this Tuesday. Four of them are riding with two support cars. They're doing 260, 230, 250, and 150, a total distance of 900 Ks. It's pretty solid. Yeah, and they're doing it to fundraise. And, and they've fundraised, like, 5000 bucks already, so... Uh, I'll put a link to it on our website if you want to help them out, and it's just a, a bit of a challenge to fundraise, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Go to Andrew Mayhem Mayer. I was, was going to say, he's got a nickname. I was just trying to remember it. Well, he's not gonna like, you're not going to like him anymore, John. Man, I've tried to not let it come to this. I really mean, I mean really. I'm a guy, a guy who likes biking and the curd of the weather getting and all the road gunk on his face. Even sitting down at the table having coffee without washing it off first. But facial care? Oh, by the way, his, his title was John. There's a problem. Yeah. I was on your side, man. All those plugs for this brand, brand this, and do use facial products almost make me kirk. But last week I broke. Last week I broke. I was travelling on business. Last minute call to head to Sweden for a few days. All was fine till I got out of the shower the first morning. The combination of soap and water in the hotel had my face screaming for some moisture. I looked into my manly bag and saw nothing. Mm. Nothing. I felt the parching skin tighten up. Man, this was not good. So I headed down to the lobby for breakfast. There was a little shop where they sold all those travel things that you might forget. I saw some creams and little cutie tubes there. One of them was for some unknown Swedish company and there, next to it, a tube of Nivea facial cream. Immediately I saw Bevan. I heard his preaching. I heard the message I brought. I broke down, John. I honestly felt like crying. He I has won. Like crying right now. He has brought me across to his camp. What can I do? Well, the thing is here. <laughs> the thing is here, mayhem. You it's, made it, mate. You made it. No, I have not got a problem with facial products when they are acquired. It's an uh, ongoing use. So you're okay. You're breaking down. I, you're I breaking have down, used John. facial products. If my skin has, has gone like yours and got being parched and screaming, it's the ongoing use we don't like the use of. Well, I don't like the use but of. The, but the thing is, it's going to, the older you get, John, the more it parches and screams. No. So mine doesn't. Mine feels fresh as a baby's it's bum. Quiet in here. It's, it's, it's all quiet in here. There's no screaming and parching from my face. <laughs> so mayhem. I actually sent an email saying, back saying, "Welcome to the Jedi side." No. So no. you know, because you're on the dark side. No. The, Je- <laughs> the Jedi don't. <sighs> That's my Darth Vader impersonation. <laughs> anyway, but what is you're okay for a one-off use, but regular use is not advised on my side of the camp. Well, I think you've, you've made a good move, and your mm. wife's going to love it. You're going to be looking younger. It's a mm. good move. Good old George. It's George? York. York. Is it? Is it? Yeah, yeah. York. Okay, York. Okay. He's, he's basically wondering if you can get Mac software for Polar. Now, I know I'm when I used sure. to have Polar Watches, it was always a mission. There were ways around it, but it seemed mission impossible. But that was about three or four years ago, and Macs are pretty popular now. So I'm not 100% sure. I can check it out. Um, so, but Well, maybe if just someone's got a Mac and they've got a Polar, I'm sure most of you guys got Macs. So, I've got the new Polar 65, which has got GPS going on it. Yeah, it's a big unit, but... Oh, yeah, it's all right. It doesn't bother. Once you just put it on, it doesn't, doesn't bother. Do you like it? It's good. Um, Do you upload it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't managed to get connected in with Google Maps yet. I'm so, I don't know there's something, something a little bug there that's not it's working. It's probably for that technology. It's really great, but there's always one thing that yeah. goes wrong. Eh? So it's, it's cool. It's really good for. Um, I mean, I don't on the bike. It's it's nice. I mean, it's just like having a bike computer. Um, 
but on the running it's fantastic you know you can keep a, a good track of your speed and you can actually figure out how far you're running which is kind of nice to know but the biggest thing I find with GPS is it's nice to be running along going right I want to run at four minute K pace I want to run at three and a half minute K pace I want to run at 4.30 and, yep. it's, and it seems to be pretty accurate so far I haven't done a lot of testing in terms of actually measuring exact accuracy but it seems to be uh, seems to be pretty good works off I think about four satellites off New Zealand so oh, that's pretty good it's nice okay so if you know if we've got some max off work can you send it through and we'll let you guys know next week on the show okay sponsors time John sponsors we'll tell you what uh, coffees of Hawaii okay I'll go there first we've got a cup uh, when I was uh, I had a kids race at the weekend splash and dash challenge oh did they go sounds good and we'll talk about that but was that the splash and dash challenge and scroll down do you want me to scroll down John I'll Andrew down. I've forgotten Andrew's surname so I've got to give him a little bit of love here oh no because he was at I was, Andrew Winter he was at um, the the race Ashburton yeah yeah, yeah. So Andrew's telling me how he's, he's I said, I went into coffees of Hawaii, got all my Christmas shopping done. Nice. He comes in a nice little tin, it's got the seal on the top. Oh, look at it right there, John. And uh, he was loving it for he got all his Christmas presents shopping done there. So now's the time, you've got to get onto it, make sure you laugh at postage. It's a good present, man, because people love that crap. Mm, they do. Yeah. Well, not that it's crap. So <laughs> I guess one thing is, if you wanted to do a bigger present, you're thinking coffee, but I want something else, Buy them get, the, a, get a, a grinder. Or, or a grinder or, or, or a plunger thingy. Yep, yep. So you can get on there, free shipping. If you're just getting coffee, um, so the, the, the code... Well, if you're in America, even better, if you spend over 100 bucks in the US, you get a FedEx two-day shipping for free. Nice. Oh, it's a deal of the century. It is. You used to watch Sale of the Century? Sale of the Century with... Uh, Steve Barr. Jude Dobson. Uh, Dobson now, but it wasn't Dobson back then, was it? Yeah, no. Yeah. Kirk? Kirk? Yeah, nice work. Yeah. We're both redeeming ourselves today. I'm loving it. Right, so get on the FE Coffees of Hawaii. And free shipping. Yeah, really, especially for guys. You know, guys are hopeless to buy for, and don't give them undies. No, you know. Or ties. I have to. I was at the supermarket. I'm kind of getting low on my on my underarms, mm-hmm. and I thought to myself, "Well, why wait? Why buy now? Because nice. you know you're gonna get some. Yeah, it was, Christmas is coming. Nice. Although I haven't gone. Nice. Yeah, it's coming to me about that. Coffeesofwire.com for all your coffee needs. Okay, next up we've got good old trybuys.com. We've, we've got to do this every week to see if the spin the crank is still going. Oh, is man. It still going. Oh, let's try talk. Basically, going to trybuys.com. Yeah, trybuys.com. There's always a sale. Spin the crank is still going. Don't spin it, Bevan. They've still got their Kona sale on. <laughs> you're, like my, you're like my mother when I used to go to shops. When I say, don't touch it, Bevan. Don't. Don't touch it. And I always end up breaking That's something. That's the thing. You're not really supposed to say don't. You're yeah. supposed to say click on the other thing. That's right. Yeah. Don't think of an orange. That's what are you right. thinking of? An orange. Oh, man. So. Oh, wait, wait a second. There's another special one here. Can I, can I click through that? Oh, no. okay. It's kind of special and there's try buyers clearance sale. Limited time offers view now. So. Shape it's crippled. Some half some price shoes, shoes on there. 66 bucks. Obviously, you know, limited sizes, limited uh, amount of stock available, but. Now is the time. It's the end of the Sometimes US season. Sometimes in life, it's good to be either really huge or really small. And yeah, because yeah, I'm average sizes. So I mean, you got to say I was always gone. Mm, Whereas mm. if you're like 150 kg, yeah, you get it for like 20 bucks. That's right. Or if you're a girl and you can wear kids' clothes, right? You know what I mean? Like yeah. you know, yeah. you can wear kids' shoes. Yeah. You're onto a winner here. So the sales, the sale of the century is on at Try Buys as it always is. And again, if you're thinking Christmas and you've got a partner who's into triathlon, go on here, check out some stuff. You know, you can get a pair of shoes pretty cheap and it's a pretty wicked present. And if you haven't spun the crank, all you do is go on there, you've got to nominate a friend uh, to, to join up to, to to be on the mailing list, put on their email details, and you get to spin the crank and you get a prize of some description. Yeah, well, you may get a prize. You may get a prize. That, that can be a voucher off, that can be... 
And just one thing when you go to try buys, if you like, it's sometimes we just think about the big ticket items. So you may be thinking you need a new wetsuit, and they've got some pretty good deals here on wetsuits. But if you actually think, okay, well, I might chuck some goggles in there as well. Like the goggles are dirt cheap, mm-hmm. really cheap goggles here. And so you kind of just make sure when you actually get that big product, you actually look for some other things as well. Or if you just need to do that one buy, you know, where mm-hmm. you can buy five or six things for the season, then this is one way of getting around that. Nice. So trybuys.com. And lastly, we have our good friends at Ethics. John's yawning. You're right there, mate. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's been a big week, isn't it? It has been a big week. Why has it been a big week, mate? Well, our kiddies keep us awake a bit. Oh, but dear. last night they performed quite well. Well, no, they didn't actually. Thomas was was good, but Felicity was not. Oh. So how long, uh, that, how long does that go for? Oh, I don't know. I, I bought Thomas a. I, I saw this advertisement yesterday. I know we're not talk, talking about sponsors, but we had this Treasures magazine, which is like a kids' yep. babies magazine, and we saw a thing in there. It was a little advert for a um a sleep. There's a monkey, and the monkey's eyes close at night, and it's an alarm clock. And that when when it's time to get out, the monkey's eyes open up and some jungle music plays. Yeah. So, bye straight away because <laughs> he has a habit of waking up early. I figure I'm going to get some distraction. Oh. He's not allowed to wake up until monkey wakes up. Nice, nice. But I'm quite surprised. I'm, I'm a tight ass, and within honestly <laughs> within five minutes of seeing the advert, it was solution, <laughs> solution. Here's the solution. Well, John, good thing about good old Athlinks is if you go on Athlinks and you want to check out some new gear, is that it's kind of a social environment, and so people actually write about products, and that's what I'm saying, John. <laughs> and, and what they've got is you can go on there, and let's say you've got a new pair of shoes, for example, e.g., the High Fives. Is that what they're called? Fives. Oh, okay. Five, well, vibrant Five. You can talk because I've got to log in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, somebody's just gone on there and got some new vibrant five fingers. So yeah, it's one of those things. You know, you can get a few opinions on uh, on Which different is good, things. Good, you know, because like if you're gonna spend some, like how much do you pay for those? Uh, <laughs> 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 about two hundred bucks. <laughs> I think they're about a hundred bucks US or so. Well, you know, like you spend a lot of money on gear, eh? And you, do. you know, if, and one thing with this with this adding product to it is if you get crap stuff, put it on Athlinks. You know, let people know it's crap because it's one thing. pointing his finger. Um, one of our listeners who got a um, one of the bike jerseys, size isn't quite right. He's going to be putting it up on Athlinks. It's going to be an XL winter jersey. He's going away on holiday, I think, for a couple of weeks, but he's going to send out an email through the Athlinks list. So if you want to get an XL long sleeve IM Talk jersey. Which I must say, the Holy Hammer was wearing last weekend. Yes. And it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, they're good. They're yeah, nice yeah. and warm. Yeah. Um, either email me or wait for the email to come through on Athletics. So they've got the shoes on here, and, and whoever it is, good old Chance. Oh, not Chance Barber. Chance Uga. Uga. He's got himself chance. a pair of Vibram KSOs. He's loving them. He's giving them a five. Five stars. Five stars. So $80 US. Right, righty Yeah. So, so again, if you've got a product, go on there, let people know if it's good or bad, and then when it comes to making buying decisions, you can actually go, you know what, I really want these, or this is crap. Mm-hmm. And it's good to actually get the reviews from people who are actually doing, you know, using it. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And the other thing that would be really useful uh, is when you're doing your results, if, you, if you're basically claiming a result, go on there and check that the result, that, 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 mat, that course has been... Um, Matt, oh. the start course, because what they're doing over time is building up a whole database of um, temp- temperature reading and stuff and other stuff. And so get on there and you just basically plot where the start of the race was, and they've got some sort of technology that enables them to get a whole bunch of data that's going to be really, really useful going forward if you you know you don't know what the the history in terms of weather is for that event. Nice. So go on to their athlinks.com. Sponsors are athlinks.com. Get on there, put a map on there. Coffeesofwire.com. Oh, it's Christmas time, team. Trybuys.com. And it's still Christmas time. That's right. Okay, John, we do have, we do have to apologise. 
Well, yes, I do have to just give a little bit of apology. Well, a little bit of apology, yes, and also Tom. rant to somebody else. So the bike jerseys got sent to the, sent out to everybody. Send them to America, no problem. They arrive within a week. Fantastic, yep. everybody's happy. Send them to the UK. Royal Mail is a stupid organisation, and people are getting charged tax. But John, but you know to lie when you send stuff. Well, you do know to <coughs> lie when you send stuff, but I'm not a liar. Oh, and, come on. And come on. The reason I don't lie also is because you send it through British Mail. They've lost a few of our jerseys in the past, and it means we can't claim insurance or anything like that. So uh, I was unable to lie in this particular circumstance. Uh, so if you're in the not UK, not everyone got done by text, but some no, have. It's so. odd that some people in the UK are getting done by text, some aren't. If you are one of those people, make sure that they know it's New Zealand dollars and not American dollars. Yeah, and, and we are sorry, you know, like we didn't think about that and we didn't know about that. So it's, and it hasn't happened in the past either. In, so in it's New weird. Zealand, I think it's like a five hundred dollar threshold before you start getting charged GST. Well, they're not getting paid for five hundred bucks. Sorry? Oh, okay, right, and yeah. that's in, it's in the UK. It's like these things are worth 150 bucks. I mean, come on. It's a lot of work for, come on. for pistol money. So I, I, I don't mind getting like, texts in life, but sometimes I feel you get ripped off. I hate the fact they text you once you die because you've already earned that money. Mm. That's rude. That's wrong. I, I get a little bit angry about that one okay. in particular. Just that one. Just take a couple of, you just pause, take a couple of breaths. Chill pill? Chillax. That's right. Chillax. Move on. Okay, John, what have you been up to? The other thing, Andrew oh, Winter, who, here's your rant. who bought, no, no, not a rant, he bought the uh, Coffee's Wife stuff. He was wearing an I Am Talk hoodie. You know how you... Oh, that's right. Yes. So we saw that. He must have worn it two days ago. Two days ago, right. Andrew, that hygiene, hygiene. <laughs> We're trying to think. We haven't got hygiene. So basically on our website, we, there's a place called um, Cafe Press, which basically will print off stuff for you. And they do all the work for you and you take a small commission on it. And we've never really promoted it because we weren't sure if it was good or not. Mm. But it was cool. Eh? It was good. Yeah, it was really good. So if you want to get some Iron Talk kind of gear, and I've got stickers, and I've got, I've got a great jersey on the back, and it says Newsome without an E. Nice. Yeah. And so if you want to grab some gear, like I was always worried about the quality of the gear, but the quality of his jersey looked really good. Yeah. So if you actually want to get some Iron Talk hoodies or T-shirts, and there's lots of stuff, there's actually a link on our website, and it's pretty obvious. Click on that, go through, and if you want to get some Iron Talk gear, go through. And it's got a few of our sayings yep. on there. Yeah, it's got a few of our yeah. sayings. Yep. Check out, make sure when you check out T-shirts, you check out what's on the back as well. That's right. Cause that is good. Yeah. Everybody gets the one, I love Bevan and John. Yeah. That's for the chicks. It was a pink one. Yeah. 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 It would be quality. Go on. And then send us through a photo. So, yeah. Uh, that would be really great as well. Okay, John. What's the goal? We're the report. We're the report. Oh, because we've got to go for a bike ride and we delayed. We've done the show early. What's it looking like, John? Average? Looking a little bit better. Looking a little, it's pretty windy in Christchurch. Summer started to officially today. Officially, and it's what? <laughs> 10 degrees centigrade raining? <laughs> nice. Okay, John. What have you been up to? What have I been up to? I had my kids at the end of the weekend. That was quite fun. Okay, tell me about it. We had about 80, 80 kids, sort nice, of ranging. Most of them were sort of 7 to, to 12 years old. Yeah. Seeing the 7-year-olds getting in and jumping and doing 50 metres freestyle was, was pretty insane. Could they do it? Yeah, most of them could. Some were doing backstrokes. I had about six people in the water sort of helping them along. And did you have those like, things they could grab onto? Uh, no, we just had four lane ropes in. And, and it's just interesting when you watch those kids' triathlons. Yeah. Because there's like a billion kids jumping yeah. in the water at once. What do they do there? Oh, they, have, they give the kids those floaty devices, but the little foamy oh. things. Oh, okay. So they can put them under their body and they can still move. Oh, okay. For the kids who can't swim that well. Yeah. So they were loving it, and it was a nice day, and, uh, and it was all good in the hood. Other than that, had a little coaching, we had a high performance coaching conference in the weekend, a few little tidbits there. Did you do anything good? Or was it just the same uh, crap? No, it was, just, it was interesting. It was a lot on the running technique and, and where we're sort of going with the coaching direction in New Zealand and 
problem with coaching is if you want to be a world class world class coach with with high yep. performing athletes, you've got to be there twenty four seven. And there's there's hardly there's like one or two co- coaches in New Zealand that can do that. So it's a real meaning problem. as in they, they well, have to like, be accessible to the athlete all the time. A bit like the Brett Sutton sort of situation. You're yep. in you're in camp most of the time yep. and you're with the athletes all the time. Whereas most people a can't make a living out of that. And B, you know, if you've got a family and, and things, it's just so. Not doesn't really the governing sick. body maybe have to commission? Well, we've got a couple of full-time coaches, but then they get lumbered with all the administrative work as well. Uh, so they're doing administration and trying to coach, and they can't. Which means they're not actually coaching. Yeah, because administration is ball creepers. Yeah, it? so bit of a challenge. But most sports in New Zealand and most sports worldwide have that challenge. Um, but it's yeah, interesting times ahead. Well, John, what have you been I had up a to? Pretty big weekend actually, big because weekend. I had my my race team do, yeah. and I had a great day. You know, when you get big groups, you often some people have bad days, some mm. people have a good day, and some people have great days. Mm-hmm. Everyone achieved their goal. Like it was unbelievable. I was really proud of them. I was like their proud father, John. Were the goals hard enough then? Yeah, no, I think they were. I think for most people, they set realistic goals, and mm-hmm. so that was really great. Um, but anyway, so I was really proud of them. So that was all good. But also Sunday night, John, I went back to what it was like to be nineteen again. Yeah, Pearl Jammer in Christchurch. Oh yes, me and thirty other thousand, thirty thousand other crantabs. Yeah, went along and rocked it hard. Bevan, Bevan and I went to bed. Belinda and I <laughs> back it up. Back <laughs> that up. Belinda and I were going to bed uh, on could you hear Sunday it? night, and we go, "What's that noise? Oh, it's Pearl Jam." Could you, could you hear? It <laughs> yeah, clearly? yeah, not clearly, but you could hear it going on. Oh, it was awesome, man. There, if you ever get, just, you know, you go to some bands. I do like, I love live music, and you go to some bands, and they're a bit rough and a bit, you know, average. But then you get a band like Pearl Jam, have been doing it twenty years, mm. and they're sharp musicians, and it was just. It was a really, really good night. It was funny, nice. the marijuana smell. Oh, I tell yeah. you, I just about got high from standing around. <laughs> oh, man, it was... Joy's getting passed around everywhere. It was pretty crazy. But it was... It, oh, just awesome energy. Nice. Yeah. Although one thing that did make me laugh, because, you know, when you... Have you been doing a concert? I imagine yeah, you've got... a couple, but not... What, well, uh, You two. Went oh, to nice. Zeropa. Nice. Split ends. Yep. A few others. Not, not, <laughs> a, few not, not, not a great... Not a great scene con- concert going... <laughs> Super Groove was the best concert I ever went to. Oh, they would have been good. For those of you who they were like a New Zealand band back in the 90s. Yeah, they that, were classic. Yeah, they were classic. Well, the thing is, when you go to concert, you go pretty crazy, don't you, John? Yes. And, you know, you jump up and down, you push people around, yeah. and, and, you know, if you don't like the hard stuff, you get out back. Well, Eddie Vega, the guy from Bloody Pill Jam, stopped singing. He goes, oh, guys, can you just not push so hard because there are people walking about? <laughs> and I'm thinking, mate, you're getting old. <laughs> you know, you're Jam, you know, you're here to go crazy, yeah. And it's like, no, no, people get hurt, and we don't want to get people to get hurt. So, if you're gonna jump, you know, just go up and down, but not to the side. And I'm like, come on, <laughs> you oh. want to do some crazy jumping? I want to do a bit of anger, yeah. Oh, so that, yeah, that's better. What about this weekend, John? What are you up to this weekend? Got fab Christmas things are starting, family stuff yes. going on, on on Sunday. Uh, I've got a couple of things on this weekend, and then next week, got a triathlon camp. Oh, taking my taking my young. How many days is that for? Uh, five. Are you training in it? I am. It's gonna. It's, it's a critical part of my epic camp <laughs> oh, <really>? preparation. Said <laughs> to Blinder, I am going away for the camp, but I am doing a lot of training because I'm not doing much else. Yep. So what we're doing two days in Christchurch, then biking to Hamden, 140k. Yep. Do another hundred up there, John, and then 145. John, you need to be doing some yards, mate. The epic camp's only like six weeks away. Less than that. It's like probably five. When does it start? First third of January. Oh, well, that's kind of more. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it is. No, we're first of December now. It's like, um, yeah, probably five. Four, four weeks. Five, it's probably five weeks. <sighs> two days ago, probably. 
Mate, you need to sharpen up. You've done enough for this. Don't. You're not going to psych me out. I'm going to crush you, Stephen Lord. <laughs> is a bad man coming? Is he? Bad man is coming. I was talking to Daniel McDonald about it. He's pretty excited as well. Yeah. All right, and we've gone nearly an hour twenty. Loving it. Nice. Okay, let's do it. Iron Russ. Iron Mendo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.